What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 43 of the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we are bringing sports back to life with a unique perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. We're coming at you live on Facebook, as always. If you are viewing this live, please share this broadcast with your friends and family, your pets, and your other relatives. Um, it is greatly appreciated. Make sure you spam the Facebook emoji so I know that you're listening, so I, I know that the points I'm making have some kind of substance to them, whether they are good or bad. Um, today we've got a lot of basketball action to talk about. I don't know if you know this, but it's March, which means there's a, a, a madness going on. It's a big tournament, and uh, it's been kind of crazy this last week, to say the least. Um, and I'll be talking about that in detail. Uh, also going to give a little bit of an update on the NBA. We're going to discuss uh, the first take, your take discussion that they had on the Facebook group today, um, or I guess this week anyways. Um, but before we do that, I have some some news to tell you about the podcast and and the way that I'm going to be doing things from here on out. And uh, I'll, I'll explain that in just a minute. But um, before we get going, spam the emojis. Everybody spam emojis and share with your friends. Let's get this party started. All right, welcome back, everybody, after that quick little music break from the intro. Uh, the thing I have to talk about that's a little bit business-related, it's kind of a big deal, um, at least in the way I do things, and so I think it's important to share with you guys just so you understand the process of um, of the abstract sports post-production life that I lead. Um, so basically, SoundCloud has a pro subscription that we, we had for the last year, um, as of today, it is set to expire, and basically that thing costs about $120 to $130, uh, which is why the last couple episodes I've been kind of pushing uh, to have viewers support the podcast by making a quick little donation, um, and that may not be the case anymore. I mean, obviously the donations will help in a big way. Uh, for example, helping keep the website online and helping pay for the hosting for the, the blog and uh, giving the podcast and everything related to Abstract Sports a place to live on the internet uh, at abstractsports.com. And so gifts as donation are greatly appreciated, but most importantly, we are just happy to have people come into the podcast, whether live or not live. And after the fact, listening to the show, um, I've got a lot of positive feedback from a lot of different friend groups um, and family members. And so um, that's really great to see. But most importantly, I enjoy doing this so much that I don't even care. You know, I just I just want to talk about sports because I feel like it's a great outlet for me. Um, I talk about sports all the time in my daily life, and sometimes I feel like I get annoying. So I thought, why not have a place for that to live on Abstract Sports? So hence the podcast starting up about a, exactly a year ago to the day. One year anniversary. Woo! <laughs> uh, we need some, like, we need a soundboard up in here, which something I'm going to get to maybe here in just a second. But... Uh, basically, because the SoundCloud ex uh, subscription expires today, um, I honestly I can't afford to have to pay that 120 bucks up, up front. They make you pay it all up front, and so I started looking for other services. And there's this one that I've had on the back burner that I've been researching a little bit, and it's called Anchor. Uh, if you go to Anchor.fm, you can see what I'm talking about. But uh, essentially, when we started the podcast, uh, literally a year ago. Just after I started it, I think they came. Out, SoundCloud came out with a a, a notice or uh, a statement saying that if they don't get any big sponsors in the next three months, they're going to be bankrupt. And after you know me just paying the 130 bucks at the time for the one year of SoundCloud Pro subscription, so I can upload unlimited amount of episodes, no time limits or anything like that. You know that's something you have to pay for. I was like, crap, they're going to go under in three months, and the podcast is going to cease to exist. And so I was a little bit worried, but, um, apparently when they sent out that statement, there were a lot of like startups who decided to try and capitalize on the weakness that SoundCloud was having. Um, one thing that SoundCloud does a great job of is being able to distribute your podcast to other, um, other third party outlets. So things like tune in, which is where Alexa, um, if you ask her to play the abstract sports podcast, it comes from tune in. And then if you have, um, you know, Google home, it, it distributes it to that as well, including iTunes, like Apple Podcasts, 
uh, Stitcher, other third-party plugins that um, it just makes it very easy because I do one episode, I hit publish, and it just distributes it all to everywhere. And well, well, it's, it is a paid service, but I, because of the struggle they had over the last year, there was a free service I found called Anchor.fm has all the exact same services, unlimited upload times, unlimited episodes, all that. It sounds like I'm doing a commercial for these guys, but I'm just explaining to you because if you are listening on SoundCloud, I mean, you're not going to hear this because my subscription is dead. Um, but if you are subscribed on like Apple Podcasts or um, TuneIn, Stitcher, or you know Facebook, obviously, and YouTube, then you're still going to get the news. <laughs> but basically... I've made the switch over to Anchor. It is a free service. The only catch is that I can only have episodes that are under an hour. So that reminds me, I didn't start my timer, so I'm going to be struggling here. I'm going to have to cut this one shorter than I wanted to. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I can edit some stuff out too to help get it under the one hour limit. Hey, Andy. Nice eye emojis. How are you doing? Thanks for coming into the stream, man. Um, so basically I made the switch over to anchor. And the only thing that means is that if, if you are a avid follower on SoundCloud, which honestly, I doubt any of you are, it seems like it's kind of a, a robotic place to listen to music. There's a lot of bots that come through and comment on things and like the posts. It doesn't seem real. And so making the switch to anchor is totally fine with me. It only changes my workflow just a little bit because honestly, when I'm done with the live show, I just like, chop off the beginning and the end of the video where I need to. I convert the video to an MP3 and I upload that MP3 to SoundCloud. So instead of uploading to SoundCloud, it'll be going to Anchor. So if you notice anything different in the way that you're getting the news from the podcast, or if you think that we've died and disappeared, um, just know that we've made a change in our workflow and it's all going to be just fine. I promise. Um, so now that I've got that out of the way, I will say that I'm, I'm probably going to be starting a personal podcast on anchor.fm so that I can um, develop a little bit of some acumen to the new program. Um, it's really cool. Like it's got some editing features where you can upload different audio clips and you can even record from your phone. It's really easy. You can do the same stuff on SoundCloud, but Anchor just does it a lot better. And so I'm going to start my own personal podcast. I am trying to come up with a name for it right now because uh, where I don't want the name of the podcast to just be like Kyle Clay design do to do. I think that's stupid. I want it to be something creative, like that has to do with design, art, technology, code, building websites, and just idea discussing ideas because it's going to be um, more about my profession rather than my hobby, which is sports. So I'm open to suggestions. If anybody out there is a tech related person or if you're in the web design or design industry, you play with code. I'm looking for an interesting podcast name. The ideas I have right now, I'll tell you guys exclusively the two or three people here in the live show. One of the ideas I had was the hex code. That's a sort of a play on words for like a way of doing things, but it's also a phrase that we use in web design a lot. Um, and it's, it's actually a piece of code that you use to make colors on a website. Um, and then the other one that I had was the sketchbook archives, which I thought was kind of cool because um, a lot of what this podcast is going to be is me discussing ideas that I've had and, and just kind of sharing them with the world. And a lot of those ideas live in my sketchbooks. So those are the two main ideas. Um, if you have another one, please let me know, drop it in the comments and I'll take it into consideration. Um, but yeah, so I'll have two podcasts going at the same time, and I can't be more happy. You know, it's nice to be able to use this cool equipment and kind of share my opinion with the world. I, I actually really love doing that. So to kick things off with the sports-related content, which is what you all are here for, I'm sure, as much as you love hearing me talk about the way we do things around here, um, we're going to start with some some NCAA basketball. So like I was saying in the intro, it's March, it's madness, but I like to take that up a notch because it's been a little more crazy than just madness. It's been March chaos, guys. Um, there were a plethora of upsets in just the first round and then even more upsets in the second round, like way more than anticipated. Um, and it's 
really exciting to watch. I think it's really good for the game of basketball to have underdogs beat big teams because such cool stories come out of those those losses or wins, depending on which way you uh, look at it or which teams you support. Um, and so basically to to cut the story a little bit short, the all every okay every, to put it in perspective, everybody who participates in March Madness submit, submitting the tournament challenge bracket through ESPN, everybody has the ability to submit 15 or no sorry 25 brackets. Um, and you can imagine there are thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who are submitting these brackets. So multiply that by whatever. And that's, you know, up to 25 per person. And that's how many brackets have been filled out. Um, one stat that I saw was that uh, like f- almost 4 million people picked University of Virginia to win the champ or to go on to the final four. And then about a little less than half. So one and a half million of those people chose Virginia to go to the championship game. And then like 800,000 people picked Virginia to win the championship. Um, when I say people, I mean brackets. Eight hundred. There were 800,000 brackets that had Virginia winning the tournament. And that's quite a bit. I think the number was like 18% of all brackets. People had Virginia winning it all. Um, they were the number one overall seed coming into the tournament, which means that they played the 64th overall team, which was... Um, oh geez, what is the name of the school though? I have to get I have to get this up. Sorry. Um, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Is that really it? Is that really? It is okay. University of Maryland, Baltimore County, is the name of the school. <laughs> that is so crazy. Their mascot is the Retriever. Uh, like their jerseys in the game literally just had like a golden retriever on the front of it. <laughs> that is wild. Um, but they they had to play in. So they, well, no, I don't think that's true. They were just a 16 seed. Uh, they were a 16 seed coming into the tournament, but they were the 64th overall team in the tournament. Out of all 64 teams who played in the actual big dance, they were the worst, okay, according to the way that they they seed things. So as UMBC and Virginia, and I'm sure as if anybody follows March Madness at all, you know that Virginia lost to the 16th seed. People always say it's the one seed losing to the 16th seed, but in this case, that is true for that region in the South. But Virginia, the number one seed, lost to the overall 64th seed which makes it even more crazy. I mean, it could have been like the four seed over the 61 seed or something like that. But no, it's uh, for the first time ever, a 16 seed upsetting a number one seed in the men's AA NCAA tournament. It was a number one getting defeated to a 64 overall. And that wasn't even, that was just the beginning of the upsets. I mean, that that one happened later on in the first round. Uh, They were one of the later games to be played just to like rattle off a bunch of these upsets, there were a lot in the South and the East, which is the left side of the bracket, um, which means that the second round and the the rounds beyond are going to be without some of the top teams, meaning that it's according to the numbers, teams in the East or sorry, teams in the West and the Midwest have a better shot at winning the title because they're going up against lower seeded teams than they are in their own respective division. So, just to rattle some of these off, uh, you, as I just said, UMBC beat UVA first time ever in NCAA men's basketball history. Uh, Kansas, number nine seed, beat Creighton, number eight. Um, in my best logo bracket, I had Creighton winning it all. Um, two years in a row, Creighton, they've made it, and they've won the logo bracket. I think they lost that the championship game in that bracket to, uh, oh, geez, what was it? Uh, Radmond or Rat Red Redmonton? <laughs> I don't remember. Let me go back. Uh, let's see. Best logo. Radford. That's what it was. So it was Creighton and Radford, and Creighton was the one that took it all. Um, let me go back. 
to the other bracket. Um, so yeah, number nine seed beats an eight seed. That's pretty understandable. And then you've got Buffalo number 13 beating Arizona number four. I know a lot of people had Arizona going on to, you know, play super deep into the tournament. Um, honestly, they, they only have one guy on that team who really made them worth anything. And, uh, I, I, I debated on having them get nixed early on, but I just couldn't do it. I thought that a number four seed had it in the bag with the 13 seed, um, especially looking at the stories and the trends and stuff like that. But no, they get upset by Buffalo, uh, 13 seed beating a four seed again. That's crazy. But the one that is even more wild beyond the number one seed getting upset, Loyola Chicago, a team that everybody in the nation's probably never heard of, beats Miami, a number six seed. Loyola was an 11 seed. But furthermore, Loyola went on to beat Tennessee in the second round, a number three seed. A lot of people had Tennessee going to the final four and further. So if that doesn't put it into perspective of what the the bracket's looking like, I don't know what will. <laughs> so if as if these upsets weren't enough, there there were more. And right around this time and maybe a little bit later into the first round, uh everybody's brackets that were submitted were busted. More more upsets from the South in the second round. Nevada, number seven seed, went on to beat Cincinnati, the number two seed, which is the team that I had the most hope for in one of my brackets. Um but that bracket is completely destroyed now. So moving on to the East, you have Alabama, nine seed beating an eight seed. That's, you know, makes sense. They're only one seed apart. Marshall, number 13 seed beating a four seed. So again, you've got a 13 beating a four, second time um, in the tournament already. And then Butler, number 10 seed beat Arkansas, a seven seed. And that's not unheard of. I picked, picked Butler. I always have a lot of faith in that school. They're a well-coached team. Um, and they, of course, beat Can- Arkansas, Arkansas. In the West, Florida State, another number nine beats a number eight, so that's three brackets in a row that happened. Um, you know, it shows you the closer the seeds, the more likely, um, but obviously sports are unpredictable, so it's kind of hard to tell. Um, but even worse than that, Florida State, after upsetting Missouri by, you know, a nine seed over an eight seed, Florida State, the nine seed, goes on to beat Xavier, the number one seed in the second round in the West. So that means the two number one seeds in that let oh whoa I just knocked my pop filter and almost killed myself. Um, that means the entire left side of the bracket is like the two top teams are gone plus a number two seed. So if if you like to look at numbers and seeds as the teams that are the favorites, your bracket's probably busted. <laughs> Because it, that side of the bracket is totally different from what you would expect. And then more upsets in the second round from the West. Texas A&M number seven seed beat the beat UNC a two seed in the second round. So now you can notch another one in there. Uh, two, Both one seeds and two seeds are gone by the second round. Um, leaving, you know, only like three, four, six, and nine seeds left. Uh, left going into the third round and I'll, I'll get into what the bracket looks like in just a minute. Uh, but just a couple more upsets that happened in the first couple of rounds in the Midwest Syracuse, number 11 seed beat TCU a six seed Syracuse was a play in team. Like before the, the actual tournament starts, there are four, I think four games or four teams that have to play into the tournament um, because their seating was just too close to call Syracuse was one of those teams. They won their play-in game. They come in, you know, having a little bit of momentum. They just played like two nights before or a night before, whatever it is. They come in and they beat TCU. It's like, I think it's a momentum thing because TCU has been not playing for, you know, who knows how long. Syracuse played just a couple days ago. They got their groove back. They're, um, they know what it's like to play on the, on the big stage at least once. And so they beat TCU in an upset Um and then more upsets in the second round in the Midwest. Clemson, a five seed, beat Auburn, number four. And then Syracuse also beats Michigan State, number three seed. So now you've got a three seed that a lot of people had going on to win it all um, out. And then you've got Tennessee. So two three seeds, two two seeds, two one seeds, all gone in the tournament um, and more, obviously. But those are the big upsets that kind of put the tournament on its head. Um Everybody's kind of questioning, like, 
is the seating system accurate? You know, is there a better way of doing this or, you know, whatever. I think a lot of it just comes down to unpredictability. I mean, you can seed teams where you want to based on a standardized system, but things are just going to happen. Like I know that Virginia, the number one seed, their backup point guard had a broken hand, so he couldn't play. That probably affected them in that game, you know, where they normally had that kind of depth throughout the season. They were without that going into the tournament. That's going to kill you, especially at the college level. Um, You know, forcing your starting player to play all the minutes or risk taking him out and hoping that one of the other guys on the bench can step up and play a position they haven't played all year. So definitely very interesting things going on there. But the brackets were all busted within about, you know, three quarters of the way through the first round. Um, made Makes for a really interesting tournament going forward, and I, I can't wait to watch some games. So let's see where we're at with the bracket and uh, see when these next games are. So um, let's see. We've got Kansas State, the number nine seed, taking on Kentucky, the five seed, and that is tomorrow. Um see if I can just open this up in a new tab. Um, oh, don't you dare play auto playing video audio. Uh, <coughs> so Kentucky is favored to beat Kansas State 68% to 31% or 68 to 32. Um, so that should be a pretty good game, honestly, considering all the upsets and teams that have been winning. Uh, and then... You've got Loyola Chicago, that awesome 11 seed, beating or going on to play Nevada, the number seven seed, who upset Cincinnati in the previous round. So Loyola upsets a three seed, moves on. Nevada upsets a two seed, moves on. Now you've got two mid-ranked teams <laughs> going against each other to play into the the Elite Eight. Um, so we're in the Sweet 16 now. That's pretty big, pretty big time. Um, and then over in the East. We've got Villanova and West Virginia. Villanova is a one seed, West Virginia a five seed, and that goes down on Friday. Then you've got Texas Tech, a three seed, goes up against number two seed, Purdue, also on Friday. Um, So you've got three really high-seeded teams going against some mid- to uh, low-seeded teams in, in the South. So something to look forward to if you're ready to watch some basketball in the next couple days. But then you've got uh, in the West, Florida State taking on Gonzaga. That's tomorrow. Florida State's a nine seed. Gonzaga's a four seed. Kind of rooting for Gonzaga. They're the most local team for me, I think. And I have uh, friends who've stayed in Spokane. So they and so I'll, I'll, be, I'll be rooting for them probably. Um, and then you've got Michigan, a three seed, playing seven seed Texas A&M that game's also tomorrow and then in the Midwest Kansas and Clemson Kansas a one seed Clemson five Syracuse 11 seed playing number two Duke Syracuse much like Loyola Chicago um (laughs) defeating a three seed moving on having some momentum against a big a bigly ranked team (laughs) um see if they can do that on Friday um but it's looking pretty crazy. There's not a lot of points left in most of the brackets for people to earn because their teams have been kicked out already. Uh, but let's go take a look at who is in the lead in the Abstract Sports 2018 March Madness group. It's it's shifted around quite a bit. <laughs> I've been paying pretty close attention to it. Um, right now... Uh, Somebody by the name of Tim Burr, that's his username. It's actually my father-in-law. He's in the number one spot right now, and he's got he's got Kansas as his champion. Uh, but just behind him is Micah. You guys know Mike, Micah, right? Uh, co-host of the podcast, uh, several episodes in, in a row uh, during the football season. I believe that's him anyways. It looks like his initials and everything. Uh, his username is Hockey? Um, <laughs> he's got Villanova going on to win. And they, so they, they're both sitting pretty high, like all things considered. Um, but then you've got Cosmo Swish in third, and then a two-way tie between Cardinal B1 and Who's Your Daddy? And so I actually know all the people right there in those top spots. Uh, a couple of people I'm not, I'm not sure of are tied for a four-way sixth-place tie. I am also tied for sixth, uh, along with Grizz Nation. 
Uh, Grizz Nation tunes into the podcast on Facebook every once in a while. Um, but, I mean, there's out of the 21 people who joined the group, it looks like Corbin didn't actually get into the group on time. He He's in the group, but he didn't submit a bracket. I don't, I don't know if he just didn't get the get it figured out. Sorry, Corbin. Um, sorry about that, Brett. But there's only, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of the 20 teams, 20 eligible teams or people who submitted brackets in this group who still have their champion in it. So over half are already gone. That's <laughs> especially, that's so crazy, to just, especially because the winner is typically a high seed and they're all gone. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's looking like. Um, I mean, the top three people, since they're the only three that are uh, head and shoulders above people, um, number one is 98% correct, 96%, 93% in that order, one, two, three. And then points available, uh, 840, 800, and 200. But then in fourth place, Cardinal B1, there's uh, points per round. It's like 1040. They have a chance. <laughs> They've got a chance. Um, but anyways, that is where the abstract sports group is sitting right now. Um, it can, it's always going to be changing. Um, I mean, the total points going from one, one through four or five, I guess is 430, 420, 410, 390, 390, 380, 380, and so on and so forth. So a couple of wins here and a couple of wins there, especially if your team is still in the, in the bracket, um, you have a really good chance of jumping up into that top spot and winning that $25 gift card to Amazon. Uh, so best of luck to everybody the rest of the way through the Sweet 16. Make sure you tune into some of that basketball tomorrow night and Friday. Uh, it's going to be some good stuff going down. Um, and I'm pretty sure that does it for the college basketball. A lot of stuff going on in college basketball. I love March Madness time. I, every year with the podcast, I want to try to make the March Madness section bigger and bigger. Uh, there's a lot of hype around that tournament, but there's a lot of games to watch, and it's quite the frenzy. Like, how cool would it be to be the first person to get a perfect bracket ever? I think that would be legit. So look forward to more of that as the podcast grows over the years. You know, by the time we get, get partnered with ESPN, be all good. Um <clears throat> So now let's talk about some NBA. Today's just pretty much a lot of basketball stuff. Um, there wasn't really a lot of other news in the other sports. Um, before, I guess as a quick transition, I'll talk about some baseball. Just a quick transition, though, because I do have to keep this podcast under an hour uh, with the way that we are doing things now. So um, one thing that I've wanted to do on the website on abstractsports.com um, I've wanted to make pages on there for all the different schedules that are upcoming. So, you know, the baseball season's coming up. There's a lot of games there. Um, it'd be kind of cool to put together like a sort of like a tweet base. <laughs> I guess that's one way of saying it. Um, you know, the Twitter world is pretty crazy. You have to, uh, teams have their own hashtags these days. So, like, for example, for the Braves, you could type in hashtag Braves and it has a little emoji, their own custom emoji of their logo that goes with their hashtag. And so it's really good for getting your tweets noticed and uh, people who like to talk about sports and stuff use them all the time. And I, I do, I do myself. So um, I kind of wanted to make a schedule of all the, all the games that are going on and based on the teams that are in a particular game, you can go to that game and you can tweet from that little section. And if you hit tweet, it'll open your tweet box on the website and that sounds funny. The words I'm using are probably very foreign to a lot of people. Um, <laughs> but I see it in my head. So you guys just picture when you click on tweet, it opens a little modal window. If you have a Twitter account and you're signed in, you can tweet straight from the website. But when you click tweet, it's going to already have the hashtags populated for that particular game. Um, it would probably be quite a bit of work, but I think it'd be really cool um, have a lot of people coming to the website and using it as their base to tweet from. Um, I think that's fun, but that's just me being a nerd and wanting to make something for people to use. <laughs> um, all right, enough of that. Let's talk, let's go back to basketball. All right. So I think I told you guys in the last episode, I submitted a video to 
the first take your take group on Facebook. It's Stephen Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. They debate everything in the world um, relating to sports and beyond. And basically, they started a Facebook group where fans can submit their own takes on certain topics. And on Monday, uh, people they they reveal the topic, and then from Monday to Wednesday slash Thursday, people can submit their videos. And then on Friday, they pick somebody to go on the show with them and talk about that topic. Uh, so a lot of it is presentation and just making sure you're hitting your points, uh, making sure that you look like you know what you're talking about. <coughs> and, you know, I wonder if having a setup like this gives me more of an advantage or not. But um, I've I had somebody comment on my thing and be like, stop using your workspace. That's not fair. And I'm like, hey, man, this equipment is not work equipment. I paid for this or got it as a gift. So I'm just using the office space. That's all I'm using. <laughs> uh, but the topic for the show this week was um, <clears throat> something along the lines of, are there any teams who can knock off the Rockets or the Warriors in the West? And there's so many different ways you can look at this. Like, <clears throat> let me go to the standings here on NBA.com. So in the West, let's see, the Rockets have already clinched the Southwest Division, and the Rockets have clinched the Pacific Division. Um, so not only do they have playoff spots, but they got their division locked down. That's how far ahead of the rest of the teams they are. Um, <laughs> man, it's it's a long ways away. Golden State is the number two seed, and they're nine games ahead of the Blazers, who are the three seed. And the Rockets are 13 games ahead of the three seed. That's insane separation insane so (laughs) are there any teams in the west who can knock off the rockets well the west is really it's it really is shifting around quite a bit and there are a couple of teams who have a lot of momentum going into the playoffs one of those teams being the the thunder and the jazz okay the jazz are right now they're the eight seed but I think last night or so, they were the five seed there for a minute because they were a game ahead of everybody. Even on Facebook just says, hashtag Grizz Nation. Shout out Grizz Nation. Um, but looking at the standings, Grizz Nation is down in the 14th spot. <laughs> but uh, that's all right. The Lakers are only in the 11th spot. Um, man, the Grizzlies are actually doing a lot worse this year than I thought, but I guess they lost Conley early in the season. Uh, he's clearly a make-or-break kind of guy for that franchise, so it kind of sucks for them. The Lakers at least made an improvement from the previous years by a long by you know by a long shot. Um, with only 12 games to go, there's no way they can make the playoffs with the way the Jazz are playing and being the eight seed. There's no way the Lakers can catch anybody either. So, um, shout out Grizz Nation for just giving it your best. Um, let me okay. Let me say this. According to the standings, the Lakers are still in contention for the playoffs, and we've seen what happened in the NCAA tournament. Anything can happen in sports. Why can't the Lakers come back from uh, nine games back with twelve games left to <laughs> to make the playoffs? Be their first time in the playoffs in like five years or something like that. Four or five years. So doubtful. Definitely doubtful. But I'm going to say if there is a team, like I, I was, I got totally distracted by my choke. I think Oklahoma City is the only team with the correct personnel and the ability to put up points that can knock off the Warriors or the Rockets. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen at all. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it were to go to the playoffs right now, Rockets would play the Jazz, Warriors would play... Uh, the Timberwolves, the Blazers would play the Spurs, who the Spurs are also without Kawhi Leonard. And then uh, OKC would play New Orleans, and New Orleans is without Boogie Cousins. Still a dominant team, though, with just Anthony Davis. But um, when it all boils down, oh, man, that's crazy. I don't think anybody can even can even stand a chance against those guys. So... Not much of a hot take for you, but I, I'm pretty sure if anybody, it'd be OKC. Just because of their versatility, they just have to gel together at the right time. Um, 
If we look at the East, I mean, it's it's just kind of the same as the last time we talked about it. Toronto, Boston, Cleveland. And then from there, it's like, how are they in the playoffs? Like Pacers, Wizards. I mean, Wizards make sense. They've been there a lot. Pacers not as much without Paul George. Uh, Philadelphia, you know, with Joel Embiid being there, he's done some work, got him to the playoffs. I can't wait to see that guy get competitive in the playoffs with how emotional, or not emotional, but his kind of attitude in games in the regular season. He's a competitor, man. I want to see him play some playoff games. It would be Cleveland and Philadelphia right now if the playoffs ended. So something to look forward to. (laughs) Uh, Then the Heat somehow made it. And then Milwaukee, number eight seed. And, man, I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. That guy is a beast. I would love to see him in the playoffs, take on the Raptors, see what he can do there. But the Raptors are also on a tear. Like, you you know, the, the Rockets have 57 wins. Raptors are 53 Tied with Golden State, same record, almost. They have one more loss than the Rocket than the Warriors. So, whoo man, the playoffs this year are going to be crazy with how how highly stacked both conferences are coming down to the wire. I hope that the um the uh, what's what am I looking for? The power rankings, or I guess the firepower that all those teams have in the top of both conferences can compete with one another at a high level. I want to see. Game sevens everywhere from conference finals to the finals. Three game sevens. Like I'm talking like Eastern Conference Finals goes to a game seven, Western, and then the finals. That's what I want to see. <clears throat> but I mean, if it ended right now, could you imagine Raptors Rockets? That'd be so out of left field for an NBA finals matchup. Um, beginning of the year, everybody was saying. It's just going to be the Warriors and Cavs again. Nobody can beat the Warriors. And then these teams started getting their shit together. And now it's like, well, wait a minute. Nobody can beat the Rockets. Nobody can, you know. So And the Cavs are in third spot. They had a major struggle late in the season. So Plus they're without their coach. Uh, thoughts go, go out to Tyron Lue. Um, stepped away from the game for a little bit to uh, recover from – or he's having, he was having some health issues, trouble sleeping at night, coughing up blood apparently. Um, but hard of basically hard to breathe. So hoping that he can uh, get back around. He's got like 14 games, 12 games, something like that before the playoffs start. Um, so he's got some time to recover. Hopefully he gets better soon and he can come back as soon as possible. Be with his guys. Um, I mean, not that LeBron can't handle it himself, but you know. <laughs> so there's one story that I kind of want to talk about. that's really interesting to me. Um, and you've probably noticed it in the title how I say uh, three MVPs from OKC. If you're an NBA fan, you probably know what I'm talking about. But there's a little bit of a hot take in there or a little bit of a prediction. So when Kevin Durant came in the league back in 2007, um, he played with the Supersonics the last year they were in Seattle. And, uh, you know, super skinny kid. He looked kind of like Brandon Ingram does today. Uh, <laughs> but Kevin Durant, the the Durantula, a.k.a. the snake, <laughs> uh, he came to the Supersonics 0708 before the team moved to OKC. And then, you know, he, he was with OKC for a long time, like seven or eight years. I didn't mean to draw out the S there like a snake. It just kind of happened naturally. Um <clears throat> But he was with them for a while before he decided that he wanted to, you know, up and leave. But before he did, he won an MVP while he was in in OKC, while he still had Russell Westbrook there. And I think at that point, James Harden had already left as well. Um, I didn't note when he left, but um, uh, I don't know if you've seen the video of his acceptance speech of the MVP award, but man, he was super emotional, like, saying his mom is the real MVP, and that phrase kind of went viral, um, but just really emotional, saying thanks to all of his teammates. His teammates helped him get there. Really cool, very, very humble, um, and, uh, you know, feeling like he owed it to his team. He clearly loved his teammates in OKC. Um, But then he leaves, and, you know, people take jobs in other cities all the time. Um, But then what's crazy is Westbrook, the year after KD leaves, which was, you know, last year, um, <clears throat> Westbrook, well, let me, let me step back a bit. 
step back. So KD was drafted 07 to the Supersonics, goes OKC for 08, 09. And then in 08, 09, Westbrook was picked fourth overall in the draft from UCLA to go play at OKC with Kevin Durant. So two young guys who were super talented. I think Durant was from Texas. Um, and then you've got Harden who joins them in OKC the next year. So three young super talents, top first round picks, um, going to the same team three years in a row. And I remember this when it happened, just like boom, boom, boom. And everybody was like, the Thunder are going to be the next big deal. And they weren't. They could make it to the the playoffs. They even made it to the finals, I think, a couple times, or or at least the conference finals. And they just could never finish the job. They had all the talent they needed, but it's almost like it was three guys who were trying to develop all at the same time and – they're all like talented scorers and they all tried to impact the game, but a lot of it was in the same ways. And so um, you end up with like this uh, role issue. You don't know who's supposed to do what. I mean, they, they did really well, but they could all do really well on their own. And uh, <clears throat> you know, James Harden was the first one to go kind of early on in that run. Um, he was there for a few years before he left though, goes to the Rockets. Um, and, just kind of crazy because KD wins the MVP and then like a year later he goes to Golden State the season immediately after he goes to Golden State Russell Westbrook uses that as fuel to get the MVP title um 42 triple doubles in a season I think 40 42 that's insane if if he didn't get the MVP last year I would have been like who what he impacted that his team so much and I mean, you know, people be like, well, he had a quadruple double average if you look at his turnovers. And it's like, well, okay, I don't care. He's touching the ball so much. He's passing and facilitating that turnovers are going to happen. That efficiency is a big deal in winning games, but he's still impacting the game so much by touching the ball. There's going to be turnovers. It's just sort of like it comes with the territory. You know what I mean? If you're passing the ball a lot and scoring the ball a lot, you're going to turn the ball over. Just there's no question. But so you got two MVPs basically one year after the other, maybe a year in between. Um, I don't remember when he actually did. Okay, so yeah, Kevin Durant won MVP in 2014. A couple years later in 2016, 2017, Westbrook wins the MVP with the the 40-plus triple doubles. And then you've got James Harden. Now, right now, the year after Westbrook wins the MVP – do, he's doing some crazy stuff. Like, I don't know if you guys watched the highlights of that game against, uh, oh gosh, dang it, who was it? He was making guys look like fools. Um, All of his dribble moves. Let me see what, what team it was against really quick. Uh, Goes in his bag. Oh, don't you dare. I think that's muted. <laughs> Dominant. Okay, it was against the Trailblazers, actually, the, the number three seed who people are saying uh, should be having a shot to upset these guys. Um, but James Harden was just, like, going ISO every single time, put up, like, 42 points, just dribbling around these guys, getting to the rack, and hitting step his step-back jumper, like, super efficient in scoring manner. So <laughs> I don't think there is a question. James Harden, much like Westbrook in the way that he impacted his team, James Harden is affecting the outcome of a lot of these games more than anybody is affecting their teams. I mean, the crazy thing is you look at the Warriors and like eight of their players have missed over 10 games or something like that. So there's no way that those guys could be MVP just because they don't have the numbers to show for uh, for for the impact they've had on the team as much as Harden does. Um and man, if it wasn't him, like I know early on in the season, it was like Harden, LeBron and Giannis. Those are the three guys for the longest time at the beginning of the season. And uh, Giannis kind of fell off a little bit, but uh, man, I'm calling it James Harden, you know, is going to be the next, he's going to be the MVP this year, 2017, 2018 with the Rockets. Then you'll have, a very promising big three all 
bundled together in OKC just one year apart from each other in the draft. It's just, you know, KD, Russell, Harden, three years in a row. And then Harden's the first one to go. KD leaves next. Brody's still there. And now, very soon, this summer, we're going to see the third one of those three get an MVP. You know, it kind of reminds me of the Lakers right now. And, uh, you know, I always try to, I'm not always finding, trying to find ways to talk about the Lakers. Um, But the Lakers have a lot of young talent that are all-star caliber talents. And they're all kind of developing at the same rate. And they're all, they're all young, similar to like, you know, those, the big three from OKC. They're really young. This, This is only like Randall's third year, fourth year. He hasn't been around very long, man. And so, Plus, he missed an entire season because of that leg injury, like a fractured leg. So, you know, people put so much hype on these players early on, and then you look at these other MVPs out there. Kevin Durant didn't win an MVP until seven years into his career. And then, you know, he was one of those scoring talents, so so huge and versatile and fast for his size that people just thought he's going to be a natural talent, and he is. But it still took him seven years to get an MVP. And, you know, winning an MVP is still not easy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just saying it only took him seven years. Obviously, the very vast majority of people in the NBA don't win MVPs. <laughs> only one per year, everybody. Um, and so, and then you have Westbrook winning one that's like, I don't know what, like almost the same eight years after he was drafted. And now it's going to be Harden about, about the same eight years after he was drafted. So, you know, everybody talks about Lonzo getting all this hype, uh, Julius Randle and Brandon Ingram being highly talked about. I mean, Kyle Kuzma putting up numbers this year. Um, man, he has over 1,000 points as a rookie. That's pretty good. But it's it's kind of hard to ask if they lived up to the hype after one year when a lot of these guys coming in the league are under 20 years old, their bodies aren't fully developed, and then you look at guys like Kevin Durant, he was highly doubted because of his size and his stature being so skinny like Brandon Ingram is. And now look at him. He's an MVP. He can score from anywhere on the floor. Brandon Ingram has that same potential. So don't be so quick to rule a guy out early in his career. There's a thing called development, professional performance, and personal development that happens in in sports. And you you can't just like discount a guy because he's young and he's not performing in his first year as a teenager. So anyway, I thought that was a very interesting topic to talk about because it's three guys from the same team are going on to be MVPs, but more importantly, it was about midway through their career careers in all reality. And I think it kind of relates back to a lot of the stories we've talked about recently with young players getting hype um, and teams forming super teams and trying to overcome the, the odds like the OKC are doing again right now with Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. Um, we'll see if they can't... Um, make a dent in that Western Conference when the playoffs come around. Um, I've always liked OKC. I love their playoff atmosphere. I think that's going to do a lot for them when the playoffs come around, having that loud arena uh, backing them up. <clears throat> but according to my Facebook stream, we're sitting at about 56 minutes. So I'll just do my my finishing notes here and we'll get out. Um, if you're not already, please uh, follow or like the Facebook page so that you can be notified when we go live and participate in the discussions that we have. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm always trying to bring up some really interesting topics to get people um, open and willing to share their thoughts. So hit that like button, follow the page. Um, also, if you're on YouTube and you're all, I mean, everybody's on YouTube, you may not have an account, but please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We put up other videos there when we can, especially when the weather's nice. I go and record some fun sports athletic type videos um, when I can, when the summer's permitting or the weather's permitting. Um, Also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter actually. Um, And you can also find us on Snapchat. And if you're looking to start a podcast, you can find us on anchor.fm. If you look for abstract sports Um, and sorry, uh, Steve has a thing here on, on Facebook. He commented, saying that team would have been together to this day without cap issues and paying luxury tax. I guess that is a good point. That's something that I don't, I don't, I don't typically think of. 
Um, but that is a good point because those three guys being the talents that they were, they just didn't have the money. Um, now that you mention it, that does sound very familiar. But when you have three guys like that, that's true. It's going to be kind of hard to pay three top-tier talents like that. But now look at them. Um, it was sort of like it was natural that they had to leave the team to get to where they are now. Um, and it's clearly done them good. <laughs> uh but yeah, follow us on, on your favorite social channels. Just do a, uh, wherever you are, if it's Instagram, Twitter, just do a search for Abstract Sports. Look for this logo here, um, the A with the S going through it. It's pretty noticeable. And uh, give us a follow. We love to have conversations about all kinds of things, sports and non-sports related. Um, if you want to get involved with the blog or start your own podcast, please email us at hello at abstractsports.com or go to abstractsports.com slash contact, and you can send us an email and let us know you're interested, and I can give you a rundown, um, whether over phone call or email, and uh, we can come up with something for you to get involved. Um, <clears throat> and if you'd like to support the podcast in another way, beyond, beyond just being a listener, viewer, or reader, um, if you go to abstractsports.com slash support, uh, you can make a generous donation. It can be as small or as big as you want. Basically, that just helps the podcast survive for another year. Um, as I said in the intro earlier on, um, SoundCloud's no longer a thing. So now your donations are basically just going to the hosting for the website. Um, and, and, uh, the domain name, just keeping abstractsports.com alive and well. So if you're feeling friendly and nice, go for it. If not, I totally understand. As long as I have you guys in here viewing and, and chatting and stuff, it just, that's enough motivation for me to keep this thing rolling. Um, and, I think that pretty much does it. So um, thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show. I really appreciate it. Steve, I hope you have a good rest of your your week. And um, I think I will be – I'm not sure if I'll actually be here next week. We have a friend coming into town uh, who's not not always around, so I might be spending time with him. Uh, So just pay attention to the socials, and I'll let you guys know if we're going to be going live or not. But again, thank you to everybody who showed up tonight. I'm going to get this episode put up on Anchor, hopefully tomorrow. Test out the new platform. I'll let you, I'll report back uh, the next episode, and I'll let you guys know how it went. Uh, but again, thank you all for the support. I love you guys. I hope you have a good rest of your night, and uh, be sure to uh, hashtag BSB2L, bringing sports back to life. All right, later, guys. <laughs>